Welcome to the Restore More podcast, where real women share real stories of what God has done in their lives and in their marriages. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here with us on the Restore More podcast. Today, we are sitting down with my friend Chisoba from Words That Inspire. She is a podcaster herself, as well as a YouTuber and blogger. And she is going to be talking to us today about um, why it's important to feel valuable and to love yourself and how loving yourself is, a, is an important step in finding love and loving someone else. Um, <clears throat> so we are going to invite her today. Hello and welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, well, we're so glad that you're here with us. So um, why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit about your ministry and what it is that you do. Like I said, you are a blogger, YouTuber, and podcaster. So tell us a little bit about words that inspire and what it is that you do through your ministry. Okay, my ministry is words that inspire. And just as the name says, my goal and my entire purpose is to use true words with the word of God as a foundation. Uh, to motivate, to inspire, to encourage, to uplift uh, anyone that's listening or reading to anything that I've put up. And so um, my ministry is wide range, meaning my audience is anybody. It's men, it's women, it's it's children. But in this season, uh, I've sort of been focused a lot um, on young girls and on women, especially in the area of building up ourselves, our self-confidence and making sure we're living life to the fullest. Mm, Yes. Okay. Well, that's wonderful because I think that's something very important. I mean, I can understand why you would spend time focusing on that because I think especially for young women today, it's very hard to kind of, um, not get caught up comparing yourself to other people, especially when you see these beauty influencers and all these different things on social media, online and all this. And, you know, it's, it's really tough to find kind of your own sense of, of purpose and feel comfortable with yourself when you're constantly being told that you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not this, you're not that. So I think what you're doing is so important and so wonderful. And um, I'm so glad that you're here to kind of talk about that today, because I think it is something that's very important. And I think um, even though it's not necessarily a topic of marriage that we're covering today, I think it's something very important because when you don't feel good about yourself, that's something that is often brought into a marriage, right? Or into a relationship. So if you're in a relationship and you're looking for that other person to make you feel good, unfortunately, you're setting yourself up for a disaster because you're never going to find that that person is going to make you feel good 100% of the time, right? So I think it's very important for you, you know, for, well, for women in general, um, to find themselves and feel good about themselves and find their worth in Christ before they start a relationship and get serious with someone, right? right. So tell us a little bit about um, what kind of topics and things are you covering through um, through this, this season you said in this section that you're doing where you're covering 
um, you know, some of these things that plague young women, what kind of topics are you covering? So some topics I've covered and will continue to cover is um, limiting the voices you're listening to. So, you mm. know, kind of like you mentioned, a lot of the struggle with women and with young girls is um, all the information out there about who you should be, who you should not be. And right now, unfortunately, we are so inundated with various ways um, for those voices to filter in. So it's important that we learn to limit or to filter out voices that do not edify, that do not uplift, that do not feed us in a positive way. Uh, I'm also talking about self-confidence, um, how, how to build it, especially from an early age. Uh, because if you start being confident about yourself when you're younger, it carries through. Um, as you grow and even mm -hmm. and, and it's never too late you know to be to be a self-confident talk about finding your voice because it's not only the voices you listen to it's also what you say to yourself and what you speak into your life the power of words um, and I also yeah. talk about finding purpose because a woman who has found her purpose you will ignore all sorts of things and and do whatever you have to do to break down obstacles before you because you discovered your purpose and your a, a purpose-filled life is a very rich life so those are the kind of four broad topics um, and you know as you delve into each one you can break it down even more but broadly so far those are the topics um i've been talking about and will continue to talk about Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's so true that from a young age, it is important to start to build that confidence. You know, it's funny because I'm a mom, I have four kids, I have three boys, and I recently had a baby girl. She just turned a year old. And it's very different already. I mean, just having a daughter, but the more that as she's growing, I'm starting to become more aware of, you know, she's copying things that I do already. Right. And so she's going to see the way that I'm talking about myself and the way that I am, you know, um, putting myself down or building myself up. Right. And so if I'm constantly saying negative things about myself, she's going to look at herself and start to do the same thing. And I'm just, I'm becoming so much more aware of that because boys are different and they're, and they, they don't necessarily mimic what I'm doing as much as I see my daughter starting to do that. So, you know, it's, I, I've become very aware of that myself lately and just thinking about being intentionally saying words that are, you know, not looking at myself and going, Oh my goodness, I'm so beautiful, but also not looking at myself and ripping myself apart and saying, Oh, this is horrible. I have these wrinkles. Oh, I have this fat right here. You know, I mean, I, it's something that I've definitely been guilty of doing in the past and kind of voicing how I don't feel good about myself. Um, but it's something that I'm working on and trying to spend less time thinking of what I look like in the mirror and more time looking at how does God see me mm -hmm. and how am I, how do I look as far as being a woman of faith versus how do I look as just being physically, you know, as being a woman. Yeah, so I think what you are, yeah, I think what you're doing is so, so important and so necessary. Right. And I love what you have started with this. Yeah. 
I, I, I think just it, think I that think um, it's really, really needed um, right now. And just something you mentioned, I just, um, well, I said it's, it's give me a light bulb moment because too often times, it's important yeah. that we focus on accepting who we are physically as we are today. But it's also important that we remember to also see ourselves ourselves the way God sees us through the lens of the word of God. It's also important that we focus on being girls and women of faith. And so both of them are important. When you look in the mirror, you should be happy and in love with who you see. And, you know, we are human beings, we're not perfect beings. If, you, if there is something you need to change, like be it lose weight, gain weight, trim your hair, grow your hair, whatever it is, that's fine. But be happy and in love with who you are today. But also that not be your only focus, but also focus on being a woman of faith. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly because, you know, like we've said in the beginning, there are so many pressures and there's so many different things that, you know, are out there. And Unfortunately, I think, too, there's so many things that we see online or, you know, on on Instagram or on whatever, and and they're not even real. You know, I mean, we see these people who are supposed to be these beautiful people in Hollywood and these now even these influencers on social media. But how much how much of what they're posting is not even true? You know, they're mm -hmm. editing photos, they're putting filters, they're they're erasing things and altering their body and getting yeah. these angles. Right. So it's so it's kind of given us this distorted view of what's real and what's not. So we look at these things and, and I think even younger women, you know, younger girls are looking at these things and going, how am mm -hmm. I ever going to look like this? You're not, because that's not real. No yes. one actually looks like that. You know, that's makeup, that's that's editing. And so it's it's setting them up for this standard that no one's ever going to be able to actually right. reach, right? Yeah, so it's, it's very difficult. And I think if we keep looking at those things to find our value, we're going to be so disappointed because we're never going to feel fulfilled and we're never going to feel content with who we are. And it's not until we look at what God says a, a woman, you know, a woman of faith and a beautiful woman is, you know, you look at those verses in Proverbs 31 um, about what makes a woman beautiful, right? And nowhere does it say being this size, having this hairstyle, you know, having this, you know, accessory or whatever. So it's just trying to focus on those things and teaching younger women to focus on those things and not get caught up in all the other things that the world is trying to push us and tell us we need to be, right? Because it's, it's it tough. And, and that plays into um, um, being able to filter out. When, when I talk about filtering out the voices we, we let into mm. either our heads, into our spirits, into our minds and it, it has to start from younger and younger a lot of the issues we deal with as grown women i think if some of us um dealt you know either had better foundations or better teachings when we were younger we would be better equipped to handle it yeah. when we are grown absolutely absolutely i agree with that and so i think that 
your ministry and just using, I love how it's called words that inspire, you know, and these things that inspire women, especially, but, you know, like you said, everybody, um, God's word and these words that are, are so, um, valuable and, and inspiring and encouraging that you're sharing are just so necessary and so wonderful. And I just think that, um, you're going to be able to help a lot of women, especially. And like you said, young women, because you're so right. I think that when we grow up, you know, we don't even realize at the time the impact of things Mm -hmm. that are being said to us or, you know, things that were taught when we're young. And now, you know, recent years, in recent years, bullying has become Mm -hmm. such a big thing. And the the effect of these words that people are being told when they're younger are having an effect when they get older. They're not even realizing at the time, at the time they're thinking, oh, this was, you know, this hurt my feelings. But down the road, not even realizing that they feel the way they do about themselves, maybe because of what a parent said to them or an, an adult said to them, or as what one of, you know, their friends or peers growing up um, had said to them and it, it gets in their head and it gets this mindset. So I think what you said about silencing those voices that are outside voices that are mm-hmm. hurting our feelings and bringing us down and listening to God's voice is just so important. You are so right on that. Um, so what are some steps do you think that women can take to love themselves more or, or even younger girls? What are some things we can do to have them start to love themselves more at a younger age and feel their worth and value? Um, the first thing is to learn not to compare yourself with others and just um, learn and believe in the uniqueness of you. Everybody is said uniquely. Everybody has different mm. strengths or different weaknesses, even um, identical twins are unique to each other. It might look yeah. a lot alike, but if you get down to personalities, if you get down to strengths and weaknesses, they are very different. For example, I have a younger sister, and she looks just like me, and there are a lot of things we have um, in common. But in areas where I, where I excel, she doesn't. And in areas where she excels, I don't. But I don't look at her and compare myself to her as more as alike as we look, because I just I acknowledge my strengths, my weaknesses, I revealing my strengths, try to add, um, build up my weaknesses or find some other ways to compensate for that and vice versa. And so one step for a lot of young girls is your best friend, your whoever, your, a, a lot of young girls um, look at female celebrities or, or grown women in their lives. You're never going to repli- fully replicate replicate that person so you need to learn to to love the you the uniqueness of yourself assess yourself find out what your strengths are focus on those find out what your weaknesses and see how you can change them build them up if you can't um find out how to compensate for that but you never compare yourself with someone else um another tip is Taking time out to celebrate you. It's something women are so horrible at. It's just time out to celebrate yeah. ourselves. It is because we are we spend so much time celebrating everybody else, our spouses, our significant others, our children, our family, and running the home and That's building true. everybody up. We celebrate everybody, but when it comes to ourselves, there is no space for that. And we need to start making 
time for that to just take time out you know what if you haven't finished your to-do list today, the one thing you did that's okay you don't have to beat yourself up for it we as women we need to learn to stop beating up ourselves for our mistakes our errors or our perceived shortcomings just celebrate you even if it's once a month take time out that you deserve it if you can't mm-hmm. do it it's party you know what lounge in your pajamas and take a nap Netflix, whatever it is, if it's once yes. a month, order you a treat, a snack or something, but enjoy yourself, celebrate yourself and 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 let others celebrate you too. If if you are in, in a household where you spend so much time mm-hmm. on others, you need to make adjustment and let them know at a certain, you know, whether it's once a month or however frequently, well, celebrate mommy too or let the husband celebrate the wife. You make breakfast, you house chores, just you give yeah. your, your, yourself space and time to feel important in your own environment. Because as women, we are the CFOs, mm-hmm. we are the CEOs, we are the housemaids, we are the cooks, we are the laundry person, we are the bank, we are the um, accountant, of us are the tax preparers, we are the disciplinarians, we give birth to the children, we raise we do everything our engines are constantly running but we forget sometimes to just pause the brakes refresh recharge refill and so we need to learn to do that for ourselves but also create expectations in our families that they should do that too like my mother raised us up saying there are certain times mommy doesn't want to cook you cook you clean you do what you take care of her you do her nails you, you know and so I learned that early on that it's okay yeah. as women. You know what? You don't always have to have a fully, a, a, a typically, or should I say stereotypically productive days. If we take a day off to just chill and relax and not run everybody and let everybody else celebrate you, that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice because it's true. You're right. We do, as women, we do a lot of things for other people but then sometimes we mm-hmm. neglect ourselves. I heard some one time someone say, um, they gave the example of, you know, when you are going on a flight and they give the instruction that if, if there's an emergency that you need to put your oxygen yeah. mask on first because otherwise you won't be able to help yes. the people around you. So the, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was the example of that, of if we don't take ever time to like make ourselves mm-hmm. stronger and work on ourselves, then we can't really give everybody else all the things because we're going to just keep taking from ourselves and not have enough for you know so I think that it's really important you're right to just sometimes you do need those mental health days where you stay in your pajamas and you don't do much but you know what you're right if you just take that time and that moment for yourself if you're able to do that then I totally agree like it's important to sometimes just have the space I love what you said too like you know, there are days too where like last night I said to my family, I was like, I am not <laughs> making dinner tonight. You know, I, I just had a rough day. I was tired. I was exhausted. I had a headache and I was like, we're going to get some food because I am not cooking tonight. Of course, my kids thought it was wonderful because mm-hmm. we don't get takeout very often. But, um, you know, it was just, I just, something I needed to do for myself, you know, and my husband was like, all right, I get yeah. it. We've had a busy week, you know? Um, but yeah, it's it's important sometimes to be able to say enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I can't do this right now. You know, I need to, 
just take a deep breath and take care of myself for a minute. And um, so, yeah, I think that's very important because you're right. We, we do a lot for other people, but mm-hmm. sometimes we just keep right. neglecting ourselves, Right. And, it, and then it wears on us. And then sometimes we get like resentful almost towards the other person, because even though we love them, like I love my kids so much, but of course, if I yeah. never have a moment to myself, I'm going to get a real short temper real quick because I've never had a moment to just like take a deep breath and have a moment to myself. So I have learned that in order to be, and it sounds kind of funny sometimes, but in order to be a better mom and a better wife, sometimes it means taking a step back, taking a break for a second so that I can come out stronger and I can come out being a better mom and a better wife. So you know, I just, I think that what you're saying is so true and it's so important. And, and I think, you know, I touched on this in the beginning, but if we don't learn to take care of ourselves and to love ourselves before we enter a relationship, it's going to drain and wear on that relationship. Like I said, with feeling resentful, if I'm constantly doing things for my husband and I don't feel like he's doing things for me, you better believe I'm going to start feeling resentful towards him. But if I'm taking a moment for myself and just kind of, okay, I need to take a little bit of a me time and do something like even just not making dinner yesterday and having my husband say, okay, you know, let's get something to eat. I was like, okay, now I feel good. You know what I mean? Because I don't need to stress out about one more thing. It was just one thing that I didn't have to worry about yesterday. So I appreciated that. And then instead of being angry or kind of frustrated with my spouse Mm -hmm. that I had to make dinner on top of everything else, I was like happy all night. You know what I mean? I was in a good mood because I was able to just get that little break that I needed um, and re-energize myself. So I think that that's really important. And I think it's wonderful that you're helping women also to learn that before they enter a relationship, because it is, it's wearing on a relationship and it makes things difficult when you don't feel good about yourself or you don't um, take care of yourself. It is, it's very difficult on any relationship, whether it be on a husband and a wife, like I said, yeah. with a, a mother and a child, or even just, uh, you know, if you're caring for an elderly parent or you have a friend that you're constantly doing things for and you don't get a chance to do right. something for yourself, right? So in all of our relationships, it's something that is important. And I think it's really good because I think recently a lot of women have started recognizing this and talking about it and saying, hey, we need to take care of ourselves too. Mm -hmm. And that's not being selfish. It's not saying I want to do everything only for myself. It's saying I'm going to do all my things that I need to do, but I'm also going to take a minute for myself too. And it doesn't have to be expensive or a big thing. It can just be taking a peaceful shower with no one interrupting you, right? Or anything. It can be any little thing that's just a moment for you to breathe and to recollect yourself. For me, I know I can tell for myself when I've been so busy that I've neglected spending time in God's word, that's when I start to feel like, okay, everybody needs to take a break, give me some space and let me go do some devotions or put on a little bit of worship music, put, you know, have a little bit of time where it's just me and God. And I can focus on that relationship because when I do, that's when all my other relationships are improved is when I'm focusing on my relationship with God. So yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. So what do you think is now, 
you are writing specifically, well, you said you write for everybody, but right now you're focusing on women and a lot mm-hmm. of younger and single women. So what do you think is a challenge that Christian singles face today? That's something that maybe, maybe has been going on for a while, but also sometimes there are new challenges that come up, you know, over recent years. So what do you think is a challenge that Christian singles are facing when they're specifically looking for a relationship Um, or a mate? I will talk about from personal experience. One of it is pressure from society to define our relationships the way society defines relationships. So example I, I remember mm. I was at a singles fellowship and it occurred to me when I was listening to different people talk when we say oh I'm dating someone in the world dating means something else than what it means when say a pastor or an older lady in the church says it to them dating is courting it's just that getting to know somebody before you get married in the world dating includes living together sexual activity and all sorts of things that are ungodly and so today a lot of young women are are facing the pressure to define before marriage to define relationships the way the world defines it otherwise you know you're looked at as as a pariah in society, so to speak. So it is It is often rare where I, I meet, you know, in, in singles fellowships or other programs at church or wherever I find myself, when women are talking about being single, I hear about women in the church who they're living together with, with whoever and they're not married yet because that's the common thing in the world. And I've come across situations where that was a lie, but they said it just so that they are not left out or or they're not looked at as weird because that's that's what is widely practiced. And so that pressure, you know, between mm. what society defines a relationship as and, and what the Bible tells us we sh- you know how a relationship should be, that's a pressure single people face. Yes. So defining that and being being, you know, it, it's so, it's so, I, I, for a long time, I did not know what Netflix and chill meant. And when I used the term, I really meant <laughs> having a friend over and we, you know, pick a, a movie over on Netflix and just relax yes. and have some snacks and discuss and chat and that's that. Until somebody started laughing every time I said it and I asked, okay, so what is Sophie about what I'm saying? And when they explained what it meant out there, I stopped using it and I said, I mm-hmm. did not know that. I did not know that. And so, <laughs> and so that, that pressure is, is something um, single women face. And unfortunately, a lot of single women get married, defining their marriages the way the world defines relationships, and then run into problems because it is widely different from, from what, God, what God says um, a marriage should be. So, so just that, that means there are a lot of, a lot of challenges um, young single women face, but that one is, is a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely something that I think, yeah, it's, um, what is, you know, what is dating? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Like, is dating, you know, a biblical 
idea of what dating is, or is it going to be according to what the world, like you said, living together, doing these things that we know, according to God's word, are not what we should be doing. And you're right, it is even found in the church sometimes and among Christians, or like you said, sometimes maybe they're not even actually doing these things, but they're saying they are because they feel pressured and they don't want to look strange or they don't want to look, you know, like the odd man out. So I think you're so right that that is a very big pressure. And yeah, it's something that I think as Christian women, we need to continue to teach younger Christians. And I, that's why I think what you're doing is so important too, to teach younger Christians that, we don't have to worry about the world standards and not to get caught up in what that is, but to just keep our eyes on God's word and what he tells us to do. So even in a dating relationship or, um, you know, being a Christian single Mm -hmm. to apply that to our lives and to continue to make choices that are according to God's word, because you're right. When you go into a dating relationship going opposite of what God's word wants. Mm -hmm. And then you marry that person. You're bringing the world's ideas into what you were hoping would be a godly marriage. Right. And it's not going to work because we, like it says in the Bible, we can't serve two masters. We can't serve God and the world. So if we're trying to do both, it's Mm -hmm. something's going to fail, right? It's going to one way or another, you're either going to end up with a really Mm -hmm. not Christian marriage, or you're going to end up with a Christian marriage, but maybe, you know, lose some friends along the way because they think you're doing something a little different. Um, So it's, yeah, you have to choose what is more important to you and what is you know, the right thing to do, which of course, as Christians, we know is following what God's plan for, for dating and marriage and everything else. So good advice. Yeah. I, so now what would you say if you were, you know, if somebody were to come to you looking for advice specifically about, okay, you know, as a single woman, can you give me some advice as to how I can really, date somebody and not get caught up with what the world is telling me I should do. You know, what would be advice that you would give One of them? the things I would say is for starters, don't be in a rush. As young Christian women, we often fall into, yeah. into worldly relationships because we're in a rush to be hooked up, to be married, to be, to be in a relationship. Take That's your time true. and don't be in a rush. Let the Holy Spirit lead. I've discovered in my life, if you put God first mm. before everything, He's not going to come down and talk to you as if it's sometimes, you know, it differs for people, but sometimes there is just a, a, a knowing in your spirit about somebody, about something, about a situation because you put God first. So don't be in a rush. You know, um, when, when you meet somebody, I don't care if it's before the first date, you go to God, he's your father and you say, this guy approached me, he wants to take me out to dinner. Let your will be done. Holy Spirit, take control of this. So that early on, if that's not who God has mm. meant for you, then you know how to handle the situation and let them be on their way. And number two, do not tolerate anything outside of God's, God's will for you. Don't make, ex- you know, sometimes as women, we do that. We make excuses 
oh, his background is this way and that's why he doesn't understand this. Or if I explain it to him, he will get it. No. If God says, don't be unequally yoked with someone and you're, you're, you've done your due diligence, you're taking your time, you're watching whoever that other person is, and there are some behaviors that do not align with the will of God or with the word of God, do not give allowances for that. Don't start explaining it away. Don't start rational, rationalizing it. Just that is not the relationship meant for you. God will never give us a blessing that has a blemish on it. God will never bring you a man who is, is, is a Christian and is not at the same time. No such thing exists. So when once you've taken time and there are behaviors that are questionable, not only you know uh, socially the way he talks, but his relationship with God, if it does not align with yours, then let, let that go and trust in God to bring you someone who will enrich you spiritually. An example will be, I know, I know someone who met a suitor and the way she, her relationship with God, the way it works was she puts God in front. So before she makes a big decision, she prays and, and commits everything to God. And then the person who wanted to marry her did the opposite. He just, you know, I want to do this. I want to make this decision. He goes ahead. He forges ahead. He does it. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. For he, that person has lived life so long that way. And for them, that's how it worked. But that's not how things worked for her. And so when we had a discussion, I told her, you might not want to go ahead with this. Because as, as the, if you get married, as the wife, you are, he's the head of the house which means how he operates is how the house is wrong you don't want to start off your marriage being frustrated you're about to take a big decision and he's gone and done it and you haven't had a chance to pray and so there is there is um misalignment of spiritual values there and that is going to cause a problem later on and so so those are the, the you know there are a lot of a lot of tips um, i would give young um Christian single women, but those those two things for starters, don't be in a rush. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Let God lead. Let the Holy Spirit lead. And when there is something that is off, when there is a misalignment of spiritual or moral values or just behavior that doesn't sit well with you, do not rationalize it. Let that go and trust that God will bring somebody for you. Yes, that is great advice. You're so right. I mean, there is a lot of times I think we do like to try to push things. And like, if, our, if we have it in our head, mm -hmm. we want something to happen by a certain time. Right. And it's not happening. We like to try to push God. Right. But we mm -hmm. have to trust that his timing is right. And that he will send the right person for us. And we can't, you're right. We can't make excuses for somebody when we, I mean, and a lot of times when people do make excuses, they know in their heart that it's not the right person. They just, mm -hmm. they can't accept that yet, you know? So they're still in that stage where they're making excuses. But I think if you have to start making excuses for the person that you're dating, it's a red flag. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty strong indication that maybe something's not right because if the right person comes along, you're not gonna have to make excuses as to why they're not doing what they're supposed to do according to God's word. Um, and I love what you said about God. You know, God wouldn't mm -hmm. send you that blessing with a blemish. He's not going to send you some, he, he doesn't want to send you a person yeah. that you need to fix and repair. 
right? I mean, sometimes, yes, people do change. And along the way, maybe you both grow in your faith and things change. I mean, I know in my husband's life, he has changed very much. But it wasn't like God said, here's a broken person. And I want you to be responsible to fix him. No, God doesn't do that. Only God can fix that person. So you're right. It's we need to stop thinking like, oh, well, he doesn't do this, but that's okay. You know, or like you said, making excuses. Well, he doesn't pray about things, but that's okay because he does this and this that are good things, you know? And if you have to, I think a huge thing is if you are a strong Christian and you have to make Mm -hmm. your faith smaller or kind of minimize what you believe in order to try to be on the same level with that person, then it's a very big sign that that is not who God wants for you because you're right. As the man is supposed to be the head of the house, he's not going to send you a man that you have to, you know, kind of make your faith smaller in order to be with. He's going to, he's going to want a man who it at least is kind of working yeah. to be growing in his faith and not someone who is just kind of, kind of right. warm and happy staying there. Right. So yeah, it, I think you have shared some very good advice with us today. Um, so we're, we're kind of coming to an end, but I just wanted to check with you. Like, is there anything else that you would like to add to what we've been talking about today? Any closing Make sure that your view of yourself is always in line with how God views you. Spend time with the word of God. Even if you haven't gotten to the chapters and verses where you see specifically what God says about you or who he has created you to be, when you get to know God, you, you know automatically how he how he views you or what he or what he wants you to be you get a general idea a general sense of that so that if there is any voice out there that is contrary to what god has to say if there is anybody in your life that is treating you the opposite of how god wants you to be treated you have the courage and the strength to to kick them out of your life and finally if for nothing else for those of us with young daughters daughters um, boys tend to mirror their fathers and imitate their fathers and daughters tend to imitate their mothers so look at what you say to yourself now and how you view yourself mm-hmm. and how you run your life now and ask the question when my daughter gets to be my age is this how I want her to feel about herself is this how I want her to carry herself and if the answer is no start making changes now because she's watching you closely and she's going to grow up to be you yeah Wow. Yes, that is great advice. That's a very good, you know, what you just said about asking yourself, is this how I want my, my daughter or, you know, daughter, younger sister, whoever it might be, how is this how I want them to feel about themselves when they get to my age? And that is a very good, good, you know, um, piece of advice. And I think what you're saying also, we could even just sum it up as let God be the loudest voice that you hear. Let God's voice be the loudest voice. So, because if God's voice is louder, then you can silence all those other voices that are telling you to be one thing or, you know, trying to steer you in the wrong direction. If you have God's voice and his word in your ear louder than anything else, yeah, like you said, it's going to steer you in the right direction. And even if you haven't memorized every verse in the Bible, as soon as you start Mm -hmm. developing a true relationship with God, you're going to start to know you know, the spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to help you to know right from wrong and what God's will is. And 
you know, keep in the word and keep growing in your faith. And the more you yeah. grow, the more, you know, just like any relationship, the more you get to know someone, yeah. the more you know that what they like and what's important to them, the more you get to know God, the more you know what his will is and what he wants for your life. And yeah, great advice. And just follow God's word and his will and let that lead you in all your mm -hmm. relationships and in how you feel about yourself. Uh, it's it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today, and you've had such encouraged. You have had some <laughs> words that inspire for us today. You know, you have had very encouraging words for us, um, and great advice for women, and just for for people who are just trying to grow in their relationship with God, and you know, trying to look for a, a mate and getting those priorities straight. So I just appreciate you being with us today. Um, again. We're going to share some of your links. I would encourage anybody to take a, a minute and visit your website and your podcast and your YouTube channel and all those different things for more encouraging words and for um, just to be blessed with more, um, you know, inspiring words of God and of faith. So thank you so much for being here with us today. And we hope that in the future, we'll be able to work thank together you. again. It's been a pleasure. We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to check out all the links that we mentioned in today's podcast. For more information on marriage coaching, marriage support, and Christian marriage advice, check out RestoreMore.com. Thank you.